0: Hosea chapter five. I've been preaching some sermons out of Hosea. Of course, you know uh, one of the main sermons that I have preached from Hosea deals with the fact where that God had led him uh, to marry a harlot and symbolic of the fact of the love that the Lord had for Israel, even though that they were spiritually playing the harlot, he still sent the prophet to marry that harlot to show his love for them, because this is a repeated cycle. And I, I would venture to say, there's probably people here tonight that your life is in a cycle as well. Now the cycle of Israel was, they would come to the Lord, they would repent, they would rejoice, but then they would forget God's blessings. They would go right back out serving false idols and serving other gods. And that's the lesson. And then they would return to the Lord. And it was, it was becoming habitual for them. And there may be people here tonight that you find yourself being drawn back into the same thing over and over again. It's like the one that brought her son to Jesus and said, he oft times falleth into the fire because it was a repeated process. And of course, Jesus gave him victory. And the Lord can break the cycles. You may feel like you're doomed to that forever, but God's concerned about us in every aspect of our life. So when I read this, don't just look at the names of the of the tribes that he's referring to because it goes beyond that. Each one of them is guilty of separate things, but I wanna focus in on what God is trying to teach them. Beginning with verse 10, we dealt with this on last Sunday morning, the princes of Judah were like them like, like them that remove the bound, underline the words, remove the bound. Therefore, I will pour out my wrath upon them like water. And of course, that's the premise of this whole message. I started the series on, on don't cross the line or crossing the line. What happens when God draws a line in the sand and says, don't cross that line, but you do it anyway? And that's exactly what he told them. You have crossed the boundaries. Now, God loves us enough that he sets boundaries in our lives. Boundaries are not a bad thing, it's a good thing. I don't know about you, but I'm glad there's yellow and white lines on the road out here. And I really appreciate it if you stay in your lane and I'll stay in mine. And uh, and, and, and you know, there's, there's, there's boundaries. All of life is boundary. We've seen people cross the line. Many of you have been involved in sporting events and they they score that winning touchdown or they hit that winning goal only to find out just before they took the shot or just before they crossed the end zone, their foot crossed the line and they were out of bounds and it disqualified them. So when we cross certain lines, it disqualifies us from certain blessings from God. Now, all God wants to do is bless us He really does, he wants to bless us. Not only does he save us, that's the greatest blessing of all, but he wants to bless us in life with his presence and guidance and help and God wants to bless us. But we cross the line and he sets boundaries and we talked about those on last Sunday morning. I will not repeat them, there's boundaries on the collection that we give. There's boundary on the communication that we have. There's boundaries on the companions that we have. There's boundaries on considering certain things. God says, I set these boundaries, but now we're at this point. What happens if I cross the line? If I remove the boundary, no matter how much we try to justify that, we still have taken away the boundary that God has set you'll find there's three things that God says, I will or will I, meaning the same thing. Three things God says he will do if we cross the line. If we remove the boundaries, there's three things. Well, what are they? Look, if you will, in verse 12, therefore will I be unto Ephraim as a moth. So he says the first thing, I will be as a moth. Then look down, if you will, in verse 14, for I will be unto Ephraim as a lion and as a young lion to the house of Judah. So he says, first, I will be as a moth. Second, I will be as a lion or a young lion. And then the third thing he says in the middle of the 14th verse, uh, in the or in the 15th verse rather, the beginning of it, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. So God says, I will be like a moth. I will be like a lion. And he said, I will return to my place. Well, what, what's that phrase mean? I will return to my place. I hope I get to it. If not, I'll finish it on the next sermon. <clears throat> What's I will be like a moth? Well, in this particular passage, if you study it out, he's referring, there's a lot of different types of moth, but this particular moth is what we would commonly call a clothes moth, a moth like you have in your closet Amen. that eats your garments. Amen. So God says, first of all, I will deal with you in your secret life. He said, I'll be like the moth. They're in dark places. They're in closets. They're behind closed doors. I don't care who you are. Every one of us has a secret life. I am preaching tonight, aren't I? We all have a secret life. And God says the greatest battle that we face, my battle is not when I stand up here and preach to you. My battle is not when I worship God. My battle is what I do in my secret life. Because if I am not right with God and in my secret life, if I remove a boundary or I cross a line and because it's secret, only God knows about it, I'll feel like I got by with it. But God says, no, what you do behind closed doors that removes the boundary and crosses the line. He said, if you take that away, that boundary away, you cross that line, if you want to do it in secret, in secret, I'll do some things to you. I'll be like the moth. Well, what does the moth represent? The Bible tells us what the moth represents. First of all, a moth speaks in the Bible of beauty that is consumed. Well, where do you get that? From Psalm 3911. Psalm 39:11 says, "When thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth." It's a tough thing to rebuke people. See, the problem with us rebuking people is because we always look at ourselves and we say, well, there's things that I need to work on as well. But there's a big difference between us needing to work on things and something that has been done in secret that now becomes public. And when that happens, the Lord says, when you do that, what that does to the inner life of someone is that makes them go home and everything just seems beautiful until they get out of bounds. And when they cross the line, nothing seems beautiful anymore in their secret life. How do I know if I've done that, preacher? Well, do you act the same way when it's you and God as when it's you and 600 people? (laughs) See, we can't fool God. We can try to fool others, but we can't fool God. But if I can't worship God in my secret life, then the beauty will be consumed there. And once the beauty is consumed there, it won't be long until it'll be made public. So he says, first of all, the beauty concern is consumed. If we no longer worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We no longer have that deep abiding grace and peace that he wants us all to have. Instead, the beauty is consumed I've seen it over and over again. They start out and they shout and praise God like they've just hugged an angel. Give them enough time. They're sitting with a blank stare in their eyes, mad at the world, and they keep moving back farther and farther and farther and they start missing more and more church. The problem is not the church, the problem is your secret life. Every one of us has rooms in our heart that we have to let the Holy Spirit go into those rooms and touch those places to make us better people. I wanna be a better pastor. I wanna be a better preacher, I wanna be a better husband, I wanna be a better dad, I wanna be a better friend. And the only way we can do that is by letting God take control of the secret life that we have. Saying, Lord, I wanna be beautiful on the inside because being beautiful on the outside just isn't enough. So beauty is consumed. The second thing is value. The moth speaks of value that's corrupted. If you lay up everything on this earth, The rust and the moth doth corrupt. But there is a place that you can put it all that the moth can't corrupt it and rust can't get to it. Thank God there's a place that we can put everything that we don't have to worry about the value being corrupted. You can have a collector's item automobile. It can be absolutely worth so much money until someone comes and looks at it and finds out it's rusted out. Anything that's corrupted with rust loses its value. That's why they call it the golden years instead of the rust years. You might lose some things physically, but that don't mean you have to lose anything in your secret life. See, that's the thing, as you get closer to heaven, you're not able to do what you used to do, but your love for God in your heart is as great or even sometimes greater than it's ever been before. The value is corrupted. And then the other thing is strength. The moth speaks of strength that is collapsed. Strength that fails. Again, Isaiah chapter 15 and verse nine. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? lo, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. So do you know what that's saying? The garment that was strong, when the moth does its work, it falls apart. Now, if God deals with you about something in your secret life, and you don't deal with it with God, you trust me, the wheels are coming off. Everything's gonna fly apart. And it's not that God wants this to happen. It's that when we get to the place that we forget who we are and who he is and what he has done. See, that's the whole thing. How can we not love him and live for him after he's done so much for us? So I got interested in this clothes moth. So I wanted to find out a little bit about them. So you hear me say it all the time, you don't have to be smart, you just have to know smart people. So I looked up this moth And I went to a couple secular encyclopedias to see if they had anything to say about it. They had nothing to say about it because of the particular moth. But then I ran across Compton's encyclopedia and they were well acquainted with it. And basically, if you let me take several pages, or would you like me to read several pages out of the encyclopedia to you tonight? No, then I'll just take, I'll just kind of paraphrase what's there. This particular moth, The clothes moth stays in dark places and flies very little. The Lord says, I'll become like a moth to you. In other words, you're gonna be in dark places and you're not gonna soar. Everybody else is gonna be feeling it and you're gonna be sitting there like a knot on a log. I don't feel anything. Of course you don't feel anything because your secret life hasn't experienced anything. And life will get dark and it'll continue to get darker. It also, the female, this amazed me, the female begins to lay eggs when it's one day old. It only lives on the average of 14 days. But it lays 107 eggs on the average in 14 days. That's a busy, busy moth. So that's, That's a secret to it. We can disguise certain things to think that busyness equates spiritual successfulness. But you can be busy and not accomplishing anything for God. You can be busy and dry up inside. You can be busy and lose the joy that you have of serving God. They lay these eggs, they're white eggs. It's really larvae they lay them on the nap of the material. And the reason that they're they're loose on the nap of the material, the reason that they're loose is so when the larva hatches, it's able to eat the fabric. That's what it lives on and grows on. So the mother lays the eggs loosely on the fabric. But since they are loose, they're easily dislodged. All you have to do is shake the garment I'm telling you, this is too good to make up. If you shake the garment, the eggs will dislodge and they're easily crushed. Do you know what we need? A good shaking. I mean, It's one of two things. You've got two choices. When you cross the line, you will either let God shake you or you'll start doing some shaking and saying, I don't want this, Lord. I want to be used by you and blessed by you. And I don't want my life to be like them all. I don't want to be consumed and fall apart. I want to be successful spiritually for you. I want your will and for the life of me. I don't understand why we have such a hard time moving. Amen. I heard the most ridiculous thing ever when I heard somebody say, Well, you've got to feel like it. Because if you don't feel like moving for the Lord and shaking for the Lord, If you don't feel like it, then it's not genuine. Well, if I waited to feel like it, the devil would make sure that I never feel like it. Just like he does some of you. I've pastored some of you now for 30 years and I've never heard you grunt. I've never seen you move. The only time I've seen you move when somebody took your seat and you got red as a locomotive engine saying, I'm gonna get them out of my seat if that's the last thing that I do. Boy, you moved then, didn't you? as good as God has been to us, and as good as the Lord has been to this church, and to allow us to have a place like this, we have folks that drive an hour and a half each way. And if you ask them, I heard somebody say out front there, when I was coming in, they said, man, that's a long way to drive. And they said, yes, but the drive is worth the difference. Do you know what they're saying? Thank God you're in a place that you can move and experience the goodness of God. Nobody's going to look down on you. Nobody is going to shame you for that. Just go ahead and have yourself a time. Thank God we've got a lot to shake about. We ought to say, Lord, you have blessed me beyond measure. The moth will not consume me. I want to shake it off. Just do this. Just a little bit of that. Just a little bit. Oh, come on. Come on. Hey John, turn this up. Turn this up in these monitors. Devil not gonna get my voice. Look right here. Just try it one time. Ball looking. gonna consume you, I, I tell you what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna praise God. It was done.